Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today on the show, my special guest is Sark. Now Sark is, um, I call her the love doctor. <laughs> she has a, a, a new program, a new book out called, well a new book called Succulent Love, which we're going to find out all about in just a moment. So welcome Sark to, to The Inspiration Show. How are you today? <laughs> oh, thank you Natalie. Yes, Succulent Wild Love. Oh. It's, it's so wild, we have to add that in there. You know what? We cannot keep out the wild part because that's obviously a very uh, important component of love. <laughs> um, so, uh, Sark, welcome to the show. Uh, why don't we start originally, well, first of all, with your story. Like, how did you get into doing this type of work and, and you know, and, and the programs and the books that you do? Yes. I was uh, 10 years old, grew up in the Midwest of the United States, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I, there was... Um, a wonderful family, but also abuse in the family. So I went to escape that, and I made best friends with the man in the neighborhood who was 80 years old. His name was Mr. Boggs. And we became best friends, and I went over to his house every day. And then he got really sick, and my mom said, you know, Mr. Boggs is probably not going to make it back. He's got a lot of health issues. He's very old, and you need to be ready. And I said, well, I need to be ready to create something every day he's in there so he knows how much I love him. So I wrote and created something for him every day. And Mr. Boggs did get out, and he said, I think you saved my life. He said, no one else called or wrote while I was in there, and I had to get out to see you. And I ran in the house, and I said, Mom, I'm supposed to be a beacon of hope and write books for the world. And she said, eat your peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> I went out to a little house my grandfather had built for me in the backyard, and I wrote my first book. And that was at age 10. And then I, I did a lot of self-destructive living, a lot of procrastination, a lot of perfectionism, a lot of hiding from my gifts. And it wasn't until I was 35 that I was able to um, then write a book. I wrote a best-selling book every year for 16 years. Succulent Wild Love is my 17th book. Wow. And so are all your books about love? Really, in a way, they're about love of life. They're about how to live life with what is and how to make it be what you want it to be. Right. I never said that, so that was good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, really, when you when we break it all down to, to the base level, there's either fear or love or derivatives of each. So, you know, really, we're looking at that. So let's talk about wild succulent love because um, are we talking about romantic love? Are we talking about love of self, love of life? You know, define that for me. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. It's a whole new philosophy of love and relationships for everyone, and it's six powerful habits to feel more love more often. And I wrote and published a book in 1997 called Succulent Wild Woman, and it was my statement of self-liberation. Succulent Wild Love is my statement of relationship liberation, and it is co-authored by my incredible fiancé, Dr. John Waddell, whose PhD clinical psychology metaphysical teacher wrote and created this book with me as a result of living together for the last four years and being engaged to be married. Right. But I want to emphasize that it's highly unusual. It's, this is what makes the revolution. Um, we describe it as soulfully single. So it's honoring all forms of relationship, including relationship with oneself. And if you choose to be in a romantic partnership, it of course talks about that and how with these six powerful habits are, are to show you how to actually live it in your body, in your body, mind, and spirit, not just intellectually. 
Yeah, so you're talking about being love and showing up as love in every relationship in your life. Yes. Well, that's really the only way to live, right? <laughs> okay, so tell me about these habits. Are they like something that's really difficult that people have to step outside of their comfort zone to be able to to uh, to adopt? Well, I think they go. I mean, they're you know, I was just saying to someone, they're not easy. I will admit that they're not easy, but they are a life work that can go along with the life that you're living, making the life that you're living better as you practice the habits. So it's really three of John's core teachings that he brought to my life and my three core teachings and we married those into the six powerful habits. So that's how the book came to be and that's how those habits came to be. So right. I can quickly describe what they are. Uh, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Well, um, John approached me when we first got together and said, I'm offering you a no compromise relationship and I thought that sounded great because I wasn't a very good compromiser. And I said, what are we going to do instead? He said, we're going to create joyful solutions that are better and different than what either one of us would have thought of on our own. And I thought, great, do they work? And then I'm here to tell you they're market tested. They work not just with him, but with neighbors, in my business, and with my friends. And I use them constantly. And we, of course, take everyone through every habit, how to do it, and then how to practice it in what we call an awareness practice sheet. So that's number one. Number two. He said, I promise to see you as perfect in any way that you're not is my responsibility. And I thought that sounded great until I realized he would expect me to see him as perfect. And I, had, I used to be a list maker and a grudge holder. And I have since dropped those habits and I now am able to much more often, I'm able to practice unconditional love, which of course is a practice. So that, that seeing perfection is about the world as well, um, not just your partner. Um, and then number three is he said, I will see you as self-lovingly separate with beautiful boundaries. And this was music to my ears because I'm very independent and I like doing things my way or my own way. And it felt like I could have the best of being what I used to be, my self, soulfully single self with a succulent wild relationship self. And so that's how those got married. So those are the first three habits. The second three are what I brought in, which is what I call an inner feelings care system. Most people, they know they have a lot of feelings. They're not managing or caring for them consistently and lovingly and easily. So I, I created a system and I've been teaching it for over 10 years now. It's incredibly effective and that changes everything because you're not coming to your partner with a bunch of untended feelings. You're tending your own feelings and you're coming like a full cup of self-love to share the overflow with your partner and they, they share theirs with you. And you navigate tough feelings and you use all feelings as a way to expand and increase intimacy. So that's number four. Number five is an inner critic care system. Most people, some people are aware they have inner critics. Other people are so merged with their inner critics they don't know that they have inner critics and they think that they're just a perfectionist or they think they're just, I'm just a high achiever overachiever, that's what I'm like. And, um, and then they're bringing them into their relationships, not understanding that if they're fighting with their partner, they're actually fighting with an inner critic. So when you can learn to transform your relationships with these inner critics, you will have much better relationships with everybody else, including yourself. So that's number five. Number six is what I call the inner wise self. This is the part of us that is unconditionally loving and is always inside waiting to be asked most people know they have this part, but most people are not consulting with it every day about every aspect of their lives. 
so we show you how to do that so that you have this love mentor and this life mentor inside going to the outside helping you with all of the aspects of your life so there there it's a, a, a wonderful assemblage of life skills which will alter and change it's the book that I wish I'd had that I've now written I know. Well, you've just described the way that I want to show up in my relationships, so that you know, not not just with you know romantic relationships, but with myself as well, you know. And I'm just like, wow, because you know, I have I'm I'm single and I'm you know dating at the moment, um, and I have a mind movie about the type of person that I want to um, attract, and you know, and the type of partner that I'm looking for. But now you've just given me a whole bunch of new tools and affirmations to add uh, of how I'm going to show up. And yeah. how you show up as well, like because you know. So let's go back to the first one because that really had me intrigued. So we're talking about not compromising, which in relationship is difficult, um, but coming up with joyful solutions. So how do you come up with a joyful solution where you aren't compromising, maybe even just a little bit? Yeah. Well, you we we take you through a whole process. It's called finding the essence of what you want. Usually, when we compromise, it's because we've clamped on in some way to scarcity. It's either my way or your way. Both people give up a little bit and compromising. Both people go away feeling just a little bit bad. And you know, it isn't that compromising is wrong. It just stops short. So a joyful solution is a way to find out what makes everybody happy. What's an agreement that everyone can be enthusiastic about keeping? And it might take a little bit longer to find, but once you start practicing this, it gets faster and faster. Uh, just to give you an idea, I met John on a cruise ship four years ago, and he moved across the country to move in with me after one month of knowing each other, and I had never lived with a romantic partner. And as I've said, I'm highly individualistic. I've lived alone. I had everything my way, and here he was moving in. If joyful solutions had, hadn't existed, I wouldn't, I'm sure I wouldn't be living with him now. And I, I'm telling you, it's been so easy and fun and creative. These joyful solutions are so fun to create. It's, it's not like, oh, we have this problem now and we have to solve it. It's like, great, what's the joyful solution? Yeah. And so we're just doing them constantly. I'm doing them all the time. I just did them with my neighbors. And so it, you know, it, it really is a way where you, you find the essence of what you want, which might be different than what you thought. Then you do something called go wide. And you consider all the creative alternatives and how can both people really feel like they got what they really, you know, both people get what they want. That's, that's everybody gets what they want. That's the hallmark of the joyful. Yeah. But I think too, part of that sounds like, yes, everyone gets what they want, um, but in a, in a way that's not um, diminishing to the other person. So, you know. Yeah, because you might you might go, okay, well, um, I want this, but the other person, because of their environment, their background, their past experience, go, whoa, if you want that, that means that you don't like me, or that means this. But you have to kind of really step into that bigger perspective and go, well, I know if you're always operating from love and you have my best interest and your best interest, then what we're trying to get to is a solution that, that really does serve both of us. It's very yeah, interesting. Natalie, just as you said this, giant hummingbirds are flying outside my picture window. <laughs> they represent joy. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, I mean that's really well said, and and I think that um, you know we have two different chapters. We have a chapter on creating with them with other people, and then we have a, how to create joyful solution on your own, yeah. because you don't always have the cooperation. 
of, of another person. And so there's ways to do it that way too. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you, you want to also be in a practice of mindfulness. So rather than just um, emotionally reacting to things, that you take a moment and take a breath and center and go, okay, let's see what this situation is for what it is. Exactly. Again, if you're using an inner, your inner feelings care system, you may take those feelings to an inner feeling care system. It's a five-minute process and you, you discharge those feelings or you access those feelings so that you're coming back from a more centered place, like you just said. Yeah. I also like the one that you said about seeing the other person as per uh, perfect, you know, as perfection in, in what they do. Because, you know, I know that um, one of the things, you know, because uh, Glenn and I were married, we were together for 18 years, and uh, we're still business partners and everything's great, but we're not married anymore, uh, or we're not together anymore. And um, what I realized is that there was uh, a lot of underlying resentment of stuff that I hadn't dealt with early in our, our marriage, which had kind of festered and festered. So by the time we get to 18 years, it's like when he was breathing, he was annoying me, you know. <laughs> kind of got to that point. Um, but the thing is, I'd lost sight of um, the perfection of him. Yes. All I could see was, the, was the, the bad stuff or the stuff that was annoying me, which of course kept growing because that's all I was focusing on. Yes. Um, so it sounds like this habit is really helping us to, to remind us on a daily basis to focus on what we love about our partner and what's what you know what they're great at. Would that be right? Exactly, and also what we love about ourselves and what we love about the world. And and let's be sure to tell people this is not egoic perfectionism. This is not. This isn't that you don't have preferences or that you wish someone would do something differently. That's not what we're saying here. It's the innate perfection of each one of us that we're all perfect as we are from birth. And then you know we have habits and we have things and we you know but it's. It's um, it really is a way to practice unconditionally loving, and so we, we teach that in the book as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know you could have a like a business partner, you could have a, you know some a relationship with someone, and there may be one thing that they do that you know maybe annoys you, but then the, I I think then it's that's the point where you go back. Well, why does it annoy me? It's not like, you know, it, like I, I used to say before, it's not like Glenn was pushing my buttons. That wasn't the question I should have been asking. It's like, well, why do I have a button? <laughs> right, right. Brilliant, Natalie. You, I, I am so uh, appreciative of all your self-awareness because most people want to blame the button pusher and they don't realize they are their own button pusher. Or as John likes to say, John, you know, people will say, what about them doing this? And he said, always bring it back to yourself. I mean, you, you can't, you know, of course, I, I had a therapist one time that said, you're trying to carpet the world so that you can walk barefoot and never have anything hurt your foot. You know, and the idea is, of course, to do your, do your transformative work so that you can walk anywhere, you know, and not be looking for these, out, you, you change yourself so you're not looking for the outside. This is the other part. People come half empty. If they don't have feelings care systems, they come half empty expecting to get filled. And then they go to that person and say, why aren't you filling me? And then, they, and then they blame and then deterioration and then they think, I have to get away from this person because they're not giving me love. But yeah. they realize that they're the ones that are not giving themselves love. Absolutely. I know. And there was, you know, once we separated, I didn't have my scapegoat anymore. <laughs> I was like, damn, must be me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that's a whole other, you know, the practice of self-love, we talk about that a lot in the book too because most people don't understand how to actually do it. They've heard of it, they know it's good, but they think it's taking bubble baths and getting massages. That's self-care, which is wonderful and very important, 
but that's not at the heart of self-love. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited about um, the program and everything that you've put together because I know that since Glenn and I have separated, our, our relationship is just amazing um, because we've had this this self-awareness. We've had the time to, to do this work. Um, and I you know, was on a journey. I, I found the tools that I needed to and I did the courses and the programs that I needed to to get myself to this point, which is why we still have an amazing business and an incredible relationship. Um, so, you know, it's just transitioned into something different and there's no reason why that can't be the same for everyone. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So tell me, so where can we send people if they want to find out about the program and the book and work with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. We created the most wonderful, like, mini program for everyone and they can find it at, at um, Planet Sark. So it's P-L-A-N-T-E-T at S-A-R-K, Planet Sark, uh, forward slash more love now. So you just put all those three words together, more love now, and it's a seven-day, like a like a, an appetizer that's going to show you with videos, um, very um, inspiring, um, inspiring, depthful accelerator um, to get you know to accelerate your experience of love. Yeah, and to really just completely transform the way that you move through life, so that this next yeah. chapter of your life is just like mind blowing. It's amazing yeah. and filled with love. Yes. Yeah. I had I had friends that were practically forming groups to talk about how I had accepted a man living in living with me and getting engaged to be married to him. I mean, they were like, "Can you believe that Sark is doing this?" I mean, I, they were they were like meeting to talk about it, you know. But I, I've never been happier. I've never felt more love flow. And it isn't only because of John. He's wonderful, of course. Um, in fact, he's Mr. Wonderful. We're known as Mr. and Mrs. Wonderful. Um, but it's really, you know, the love does not come from the person. It comes through the person. Yes. So when you open that love flow, you're going to be getting that love flowing from everywhere, from the, from the person at the corner store to the person walking the dog to Natalie on the screen, you know. And Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Sark, for joining me. It's been such a pleasure chatting to you today. I love this subject. <laughs> I love it. What a wonderful spirit you are. Thank you Thank for all your love flow. Thank you, Dan. So, guys, um, if you want to uh, connect with Sark, make sure that you click on the banner to the side if you're watching this online or the banner underneath if you're watching it on the app. Uh, and share this video. Get the word out. And you can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. And make sure that you leave your email as well so we can send you the Manifesting with a Master's video equals. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.